0: Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings.
1: Wide World on Money FM 89.3. Welcome back to the show. Glenn and Neil with you up for another 30 minutes or so. Gross national happiness is the way that the kingdom of Bhutan uh, looks at the well being of the people there. It is rooted in Bhutan's rich cultural heritage. been around since uh, the mid-2000s, around 2008 or so. And rather than looking at the country's gross domestic product, as we do here in Singapore and many other places, they look at gross national happiness and try to measure it. It is also a pillar of the government to make sure that people in the country are happy. Joining us today is two very special guests here from Bhutan in the studio with us: Soki Tenzin, the director of the Gross National Happiness Center, and Vassal Dima, the program officer, also from the Gross National Happiness Center in Bhutan. Ladies, it is a pleasure to have you with us in the studio today. Welcome to Singapore.
2: Thanks, Glenn. Thank
1: <laughs> we are, um, you guys have been in town this week uh, doing a couple of events, talking at XL World Academy, talking at the 1880 Club, and bringing this message of gross national happiness. And the, the idea that the Bhutanese government has been working on for several years has several pillars, right, of sustainable and equitable social economic development, environmental conservation, preservation and promotion of culture, good governance. These are really the pillars of gross national happiness happiness how how did it get started in Bhutan how did you start that Uh, Soki let's ask uh, you first
2: Maybe high Singapore?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So, absolutely. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I think um, the concept of JNH started with His Majesty the Fourth King uh, in the 1970s. And uh, he realized that this, after you know visiting other places and countries, he realized what's happening outside the world is probably not suitable for Bhutan. And he wanted to come up with something that was organic and uh, um, would benefit the people. Because when he met the, people, the Bhutanese people and uh, it you know had an audience with them they would always say that they just wanted to be happy so at the age of 16 having um you know given such responsibility after his father passed away i think his majesty realized that he has a great responsibility because just being happy is a tough thing to do mm. it's a tough ask so his majesty put in place several um let's say, pillars to support that, mm. make sure that the conditions, the enabling conditions for happiness are there for Bhutanese people so that they can, um, he can make their lives more comfortable and hopefully meet their expectations to be happy.
0: Yeah, so uh, Soki, just to stay with you for a moment, before we get into more detail about uh-huh. the Gross National Happiness Centre... For the benefit of our listeners who may not be that familiar with Bhutan or mm-hmm. the Bhutanese people, what is it about the Bhutanese people, in your opinion, that makes you so warm, so relaxed and, and, and really does try to be happy day to day? What is it about the Bhutanese people?
2: Um, I said this, uh, I think, at one of the talks that we had a few days ago, that uh, to me, Bhutan is like a network of families because we're a very small community. Um the country is between China and India, up in the Himalayas, and we have a population of 760,000 plus people. So for us, um, we really are like a network of families, a lot of communities. So I think being a small population and a small society, you kind of um, have that uh, support towards each other. You you can't not be... Um, isolated from each other to do anything in Bhutan for instance you need for example back in the village if you need to build a house the whole community will come Mm -hmm. in together to do things uh, you know support you building your house or whether it's somebody's somebody has passed away then they will come it's a um, it really is about community support so I think that's what keeps us warm as you see and also makes us very grounded that uh, without community you won't be able to uh, achieve what you want to achieve yeah
1: Yeah. Wessel, let's bring you into the conversation as well because you're, you're doing so much with the logistics and, and managing many of the programs. And you've been doing this for a long time, the youth programs in the country. And one of the, one of the elements we've been talking about this week, especially as you've been talking with school kids is getting, getting kids involved in this understanding about GNH. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. How have you gotten the kids involved in, in Bhutan. What have you seen since you've been in Singapore about the kids here and what might be interesting to them about GNH?
3: Since I've been working with the young people for a long time now, uh, and we started this GNH advocacy uh, program in the country. And this has been targeted for the high school and the college students, So, which was very uh, beneficial because this not only helped us uh, advocate about cross-national happiness, but it also uh, really um, helped the students understand how can they bring cross-national happiness values in their daily lives. Like they were not able to understand how to um, relate the pillars and the domains to your, to their daily lives. So they then uh, were able to understand that example, environment uh, preservation pillar. They realize that those can be connected to all the activities they do in the schools, like tree plantation, mm. taking care of their small flower garden, or maybe the vegetable garden they have initiated in the school. So I think even in the school in Singapore, you know, they could learn about such initiatives that the young people are doing in the country right now, and then really see how can that be applied. So it can
1: it can really impact many different ways, um, many different ways of their school, and if they have a club at school, G and H club.
3: Yes, it does. And after the advocacy, the G club was established which was which was a huge success because then the students came up and said that they want to establish the club so that you know the G N H activities and initiatives continues and it's not like one time but it's also being passed from one club coordinator to the other club coordinator. So that was a huge success for us. So maybe that's something the Singapore I mean the school students here can Take up and see how can they start a GH club yeah. in the schools. Well, let's
0: stay with that. Let's talk a bit about the logistics. So you have the, the Gross National Happiness Centre. You've got four <coughs> pillars, sustainable and equitable socio-economic development, environmental conservation, preservation and promotion of culture and good covenants, plus the nine domains which talk about health, well-being and so on. So in Bhutan, you set up these clubs in mm. different schools, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So for the benefit of our listeners, tell us what those clubs look like and how they could possibly be introduced in Singapore.
3: So those clubs are the regular clubs that, uh, just like any other regular clubs in the schools, like in Bhutan, we have clubs like nature club, cooking clubs, sports clubs, culture clubs and all. So then they thought we could start with the GNH club, which is a new initiative. So... In these clubs, the students are being registered at the JNH club members or the volunteers. And we will, we also call them as the JNH ambassadors, the young ambassadors of JNH. So they are then being registered. And then every uh, year they send us a list of activities that is not just about, you know, uh, hosting a dialogue or doing a workshop or initiating a small activity, but also going beyond Like, how can you help your community? Not just being in the school, but also thinking beyond their college and schools and really thinking of how can they help the needy people nearby or maybe start a a volunteer work for the construction of the nearby temple or, you know, any other activities being in the community. And the most uh, uh, interesting one has been farming activity that they have helped in the villages. They really... not even having the villagers to come and tell them to do it for them, but the students went and then they wanted to help the you know needy people and the old people there. Mm. So maybe uh, Singapore could also start a JNH club in the sense like the students can look up to what are the issues or you know, concerns they have in the schools that, can, that needs deeper level of understanding and maybe you need to have more people to understand what the issue is or the concern is and maybe they all can work together and start a J&H club.
0: And have you done that? Have you set them up in different countries before, in different schools? Is uh, that something you want to do?
3: We would love to start GNH clubs across the world and in all the schools, you know, wherever we visit, because that, that's been a success in our country. So, but so far we don't have, but we look forward to having one, you know, soon. Maybe from Singapore can be the first one, and especially with the young ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
3: we're, we look forward to that. Yeah.
1: We're speaking with Vasal Dima, the program officer at the Gross National Happiness Center in Bhutan, and Soki Tenzin, the director of the GNH Center there. And Soki, back to you. The one of the things that I know that from our discussions is that you know gross national happiness and happiness in general is a very cultural phenomenon and for example in bhutan kids grow up with maybe a slightly different sense of community because the communities are smaller and tighter knit mm-hmm. a sense of uh, respect for their elders and giving back in in the areas in which they live so gnh <coughs> is already embedded in Cultural mindset, if you will, Mm -hmm. that maybe it's not quite the same way when you get to the West, Singapore or elsewhere, for Mm -hmm. that for that matter. How some people say, you know, we want Singapore to be happy. How do we do it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not that easy, is it?
2: Mm -hmm. I think uh, if you really look at the sense of. The values that you're talking about, and what the center is doing, is not looking at it from a really cultural perspective. Because we do a lot of uh, workshops for international people who are also curious about GNH, and uh, you know the interactions we've had with the school here in Singapore also demonstrate that GNH can be applied. Mm. Uh, it, it, you know, you it's basically a well-being uh, project or a well-being initiative to promote. Uh, more meaningful activities, let's see. So I think, uh, yes, in Bhutan, it is very inherent. It is the, the culture and the traditions are very interwoven, so it's hard to segregate the two. But when it comes to the nine domains, and if you're looking at the values of g you're really looking at things that can be applied at a global level. I think maybe some other countries might be doing it better than Bhutan. I, I don't know. But I think these, uh, when you look at the values, they're basic human values like kindness, compassion, gratitude. You're talking about uh, promoting volunteer activities. You're talking about comu- uh, raising your community vitality, You know, having more bonds with your community, making it safer. So I think when you look at things like that, it does not have to come from a cultural background. Mm. It can mm-hmm. be something that can be shared. And that's what the center is trying to do, is to promote this as uh, an effort That can, uh, you know, improve um, well-being, happiness, whether it's in the school or whether it's in the organization or at the personal level and hope that it's, um, you know, taken in a positive way.
0: Soki, just to add to that, I agree with everything you've just said. It's very, very inspirational. I try my best to live a life similar to what you're saying. However, Mm -hmm. just to play devil's advocate, I can imagine Singaporean parents saying, listening right now, we have this word kiasu, which means scared to fail. And they'll be listening going, that's Mm -hmm. great. We -hmm. want our children to be happy and free and Mm -hmm. part of the community, Mm -hmm. but they have to study. They have to go for tuition. Mm. They have to compete for jobs against China and India Mm. and so on. How do we find that balance between studying to earn a living and being happy and part of the community and volunteering and so on? How do you think that balance can be found?
2: Well, I've only been in Singapore...
0: Few days, so I
2: really can't claim to have the perfect advice. Why not? But I think, think, uh, you know, as with anywhere, even in Bhutan, uh, you know, children go to school, you have to get an education, you look for a job, and so on. I think that's like a global thing, it's not specific to Bhutan or Singapore. Mm. But I think what uh, we're talking about is looking at. Finding the right balance between, for example, if you look at the domain of time use, you're trying to find out whether you're using your time in a meaningful way that actually is important to you. That will make you feel that you've contributed to something or you've done uh, something well, you know, or have you been able to help somebody? Because I think it's also like, can you, do you make yourself happy or do you try to make somebody else um, Mm -hmm. happy? Or, you know, so I think sometimes if you are able to do the second part that you are trying to make somebody else's life better or some help somebody else, that's where you feel more um, joy, let's say. <clears throat> so I think that's what the center talks about is leaving like a legacy behind a better world so that you can, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, an experience that is more mindful and that is balanced. And yes, you must go to school. Yes, you must get an education. The world is changing. Technology is like, you know, g- going crazy. Let's see. And like in Bhutan, even we have a hard time keeping up. So while in Bhutan we have a balance as in you know schools don't take cell phones uh sc- cell phones are not allowed. we don't have Wi-Fi connections, things like that. but here in Singapore it's I, from what I have seen, it's a very advanced city uh, it, the same rules will not apply here, mm. so I think here it's probably up to the parents and the education system to see what's the best balance mm. you know how can you improve uh, children's education very the competitive education that might be there towards something that is more holistic and meaningful to their Mm. um, personal lives. And this discussion we had in school was very well received. And the students, I must say, were very interested in well-being and happiness. And they came up with questions uh, and they wanted to find projects that would help their class. Mm -hmm. For example, some of the kids did say there's a lot of homework and some of the kids might have mentioned bullying. So we did say though there are steps that you would take probably discuss it with the school and see what the rules are and where they can be adjusted so.
0: just say, I mean, that was a key yeah. word there Glenn legacy yeah. nobody ever thinks about how much money they earned on their deathbed nobody mm-hmm. what legacy have I got what impact did I have on this planet I mean I'm just thinking about the three young ladies we had on before we had three young girls on who are uh, climate, climate scientists okay. mm-hmm. now there's a positive legacy they are working doing something they love something mm-hmm. that will have a <coughs> positive impact on the planet yeah. and I'm I'm guessing those are the kinds of values and things you want to teach through your yeah, project.
2: Yeah, and Similarly, on the national scale, I think environment, if you look at that example, is very important to yeah. Bhutan. And that is a legacy that His Majesty the Fourth King really wants to leave behind. And today, as you know, Bhutan is uh, really making a lot of headlines and being the carbon Carbon sink, or carbon negative country, and so on. So that's the kind of legacy you're talking about, leaving something that's good yeah. behind, not yeah. you know chasing after things. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: so, um, Soki just was talking a little bit about what you saw with the kids uh, this week in the schools, um, but as you were at at uh, XL World Academy twice this week, uh, Tuesday and mm-hmm. Wednesday, what surprised you, or what what do you note about the interaction you had with the students here versus maybe? what you might find uh, just by comparison with the students in Bhutan where the kids here really don't know that much about GNH, right? You're just, they're just on the beginning of that journey.
3: Yeah. um, It was interesting to meet the students and really see that, you know, Forget about gross national happiness. Some students didn't even know where Bhutan was, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. so we really had to give an introduction to uh, where we are coming from and I, what. I imagine our...
1: maybe a lot of adults don't either. So <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: So, so we really had to give the introduction of where we are coming from, what is our culture, and all that. So it took a while for them to really understand uh, gross national happiness because, as and when we were also doing the activity, I re- we realized that you know they the, they were there was a different meaning of happiness for them. You know. For many of them, happiness was through money, and that's mm-hmm. when we came into picture and we said, this is not the approach that Bhutan is uh, looking to uh, when it comes to happiness. We are more talking about happiness, which is not temporary, and, you know, we really had to m- tell them that it's about talking about the balance between the spiritual and the material needs, you know. So the students uh, initially uh, had some uh, had to take some time to understand this, but uh, Uh, On the second day, I think they really understood what we were trying to talk because we also gave them an introduction to the pillars and the domains. And then it it was interactive uh, in the sense they also had so many questions for us, like Mm. just about simple things like how do we uh, what's our daily routine in Bhutan and you know yeah so simple questions like that but very uh, thoughtful ones also like they wanted to know what are our next steps and how can happiness be maintained in our country and all that was quite Mm. interesting because students from the 6th grade they were asking questions like that Mm. and they want to explore more definitely we could see that in their (laughs) eyes that they were all like you know we want to come to Bhutan so that was very interesting and in terms of comparison here the students are way more exposed and they have so much um, confidence, and they have so much question. Uh, you know, they, they they had questions which were like very um, well thought. Yeah, well thought. Mm. And I, I felt like there was something which was mm. quite different because in Bhutan students are not so vocal, like and maybe they know everything, but then we are quite shy and humble in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it
0: was such a good question, uh, Wesel. I'm going to steal it and ask it of you now, which is. Good question from Excel World Academy. How do you maintain the happiness in Bhutan when you have to deal with climate change issues like everybody else, environmental pressures, economic pressures like everybody else? How do you maintain happiness?
3: So we were saying that because uh GNH is not something that, you know, it's right now and we are talking about it. It's in our constitution, you know, it's it's not going to be like a next party comes and the the, the philosophy will change. You know, it's in the constitution. That means it will it will be there even during my uh, ke- uh, my children's time. So and we have this survey which takes place every uh, five years. So that will go on and that will actually help the government to really understand what are the condition that needs to be improved in the country to make. All the Bhutanese people happy. So this is why, because it's in the constitution and it's uh, the survey and everything is being in, uh, put in place. So this this will continue to really uh, continue for Bhutan to really uh, uh, you know understand the conditions of how to
2: how to make the Bhutanese people happy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, okay we're going to give the last word to you. All
2: right. <laughs> well, I think um, you know, at the center we do. If you visit our website, we are trying to. Our projects are trying to promote more like people and planet friendly activities, whether it's at the school level or personal level. And also mindful activities that we feel that you can practice in small ways, you know, for example, yesterday Glenn and myself were talking about maybe you practice a value for a week, or the value of kindness, or gratitude, or whatever it might be, and we start with yourself, or you started uh, trying to take it beyond yourself. And I think um, Bhutan isn't going to is isn't the happiest country in the world, but we do tr- we do look at happiness as a serious goal, because I think. Anywhere in the world, if you ask people, happiness is a very basic human need. Everybody wants to be happy. Whether How you look at it at the individual level might be different, but definitely the government of Bhutan uh, is focusing on looking at constantly creating the conditions that will enable this philosophy. Fantastic. to make sure this is a legacy. Also, like we were talking earlier, that will go on. you know. For mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's why we work a lot with young people at the center to make sure that, because they will be the next leaders, whether it's in Bhutan or Singapore or elsewhere in the world.
1: Mm. We have to yeah. leave that's the conversation important. there, but we're not going to leave the happiness there. That, <laughs> that we want to keep going. Uh, if anybody has any uh, questions or uh, wants some more information, you can go to the website at Center. Bhutan.org, GnhcenterBhutan.org, and you can get all kinds of info there and get in touch with Soki Tenzin, the director of the center, or Vessel Dima, the program officer. Ladies, thank you so much for being with us and for coming to Singapore. You're, you're going back to Bhutan tomorrow, so you've spread a lot of light and happiness while you've been here.
2: Thank you for having thank us. You for it's having been us, an amazing yeah. experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Great. Thanks, ladies. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at